Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. Hey, you know, every week we sit around here and we chat about things, and we talk and we talk. But you know, Rachel... There were a couple of guys walking back in the day, back in Bible days, and all of a sudden this other guy pops in and starts talking to them. Recently, I was reading this story, and it just made me go, huh, I'm talking about the road to Emmaus. And you and I both have a friend who painted a picture called the road to Emmaus, Betty Shoopman. She painted a gorgeous picture that's hanging in Nashville, Tennessee, in the upper room. And there are so many people that know this story, but I'd like to dig into it because God highlighted some things for me today. Do you know what story I'm talking about? I do. That story appears in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, on the day that Jesus had been resurrected. And, and yeah, and two of his disciples, one of them is named in the text. The other one I don't think is ever named, but not one of the main disciples, were walking. You know, I, I sometimes forget that there really wasn't like, you know, there's no Toyota Prius or, um, you know, there's no Uber. So they walked everywhere. And uh, they were walking from, uh, I guess, Jerusalem to a town called Emmaus, right? Exactly. And they're just, they're upset. You know, they've just watched their Messiah go through this horrible death. And they're really, they're, they're worried about it. They're like, wow, we thought he was the guy. We, we really thought he was the guy. And now they're bummed. And, and when I looked at this scripture the other day, I thought, I've been there. You know, sometimes you know, as I gave my heart to Christ and accepted him as Lord and Savior, there were there have been times when I've been sitting and chatting with you, Rachel, or chatting with another friend about some things that have gone really crazy. Maybe they've just really gone a different way than what I thought. And I start scratching my head and go, but but wait a minute. I thought I heard God loud and clear. I thought that this was the guy. I thought, you know, oh, that it was going to be right. Yeah. And now it's not. So how did that happen? Have you ever been there? Yeah, I have. And, you know, when I read through the Gospels as, you know, me, Rachel, in, you know, 2000, you know, century, 2000 years later, I can so clearly see that Jesus ahead of the um, crucifixion and resurrection week, I could see he's telling them over and over and over, hey, I'm going to be going away. Hey, uh, you know, he, he's preparing them and telling them what's happening or what's going to happen. And when I read it, I can see very clearly. I understand perfectly. But all of his disciples, it's, you know, Peter, lots of them 
they somehow didn't get it. They heard it, but they didn't get it. And when he was crucified, as much faith as they had had in him and as much as they had seen him do miracles and as many times as he had explained to them, hey, I'm going to be going away, but I will come back. And they they didn't get it either. No. So, yeah. It, and, and it blows my mind sometimes when I think of how we sit down and read scripture and we kind of get our judge on, you know, we kind of go, hello, how McFly, how could you (laughs) not get it? Peter. And yet every single day, Jesus is walking with us. He's talking to us. And many times we don't get it. We just don't get it. Yeah, so these two disciples walking on the road to to Emmaus a couple of days after Christ has been crucified, they're they're talking about. They're like, you know, wow, I you know I didn't see this coming. Uh, you know what what are we gonna do now? And and can you believe what happened? And then they had heard rumors. They had heard rumors. Um, I do believe that that there maybe you know the, the tomb had been found empty. So, yeah. So they're in a kind of a uh, um, sort of a gossip session, right? Like, can you believe? Oh my gosh! Did you hear? Oh my gosh! Exactly. Exactly. And and think about it. Uh, all of a sudden, they meet this guy on the road, and they don't recognize him, but there he is walking along, talking, listening to them. And can you imagine, Jesus is probably just smiling, going, guys, you're so missing it. But here's what I find fascinating. It was seven miles on this walk. Seven miles they walked with Jesus. If you think about, now let's say it takes 20 minutes to walk a mile. And if you multiply that times seven, they're walking for a good two and a half hours. So it's not like they're just walking down the block and he's talking to them. No, he is telling them things that they are astonished by. I mean, he he starts going into detail, but I love the way he starts the conversations. He says, hey, what are you discussing as you're walking along? And they're like, really? Are you the only guy in town? Who doesn't know what's been going on? Really? And and so Jesus just kind of eggs them on a little bit and says, Oh, what things? What are you talking about? Because he wants them to get it. and, And he wants them to spit it out. What fascinates me is in in verse 16, and this whole story is in Luke chapter 24. In verse 16, it says that, you know, they're walking around and they're talking about this. um, And and Jesus, you know, this, this person, this figure, whatever, appears to them. And it says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. They didn't recognize him, and so yeah, he's like, "Hey, what are you, what are you guys, what are you guys talking about?" Um, and he want he knows what they're talking about, but he wants to to conversate with them. And I just recently had. Um, Just a few weeks back was the first day of um, classes at the university I teach in. And I um, 
came into the classroom and there were some students already in the class and it was first day and they were talking amongst themselves about this teacher that they had, you know, this class they'd signed up for and what had they heard and I'd heard she's really good. I've heard she's kind of hard. So um, they didn't know who I was because I hadn't moved to the front of the room and done any teacherly like things yet. So it was the same kind of thing. I, I just wanted to sit down and go, <laughs> yeah, hey, so what do they say about how hard she is or... <laughs> Hey, uh, what, what's word on the street about this class? Tell me. Uh, so I, I kind of picture Jesus going, yeah, tell me what it is they're saying. <laughs> you know, it would be it would be a surreal experience, wouldn't it? It would just feel like, okay, how in the world does this guy not know what's been going on? I mean, it would be like somebody walking up to you on the street right now and never hearing about Hurricane Harvey. You know, well, what are you talking about? I, did, I didn't even know there was a flood in Texas. You know, it's like everybody knows what's going on in Texas right now. But here's this guy, he walks up, and suddenly he's saying, oh, tell me about it. And you, ha- you have to think that these guys are scratching their head going, okay, buddy, let me just explain it to you. But then Jesus does what Jesus always does. He takes it to a different level. And he starts talking to them about the GPS of the Bible. You know, he starts taking them step by step from the beginning through Moses and all the way, showing how everything in the Old Testament pointed to this very moment in time. And I call it the GPS of the Bible because really that's what the Bible is. It is constantly pointing us to Jesus. And yet it's so easy to lose sight of that. And these guys, I think for two and a half hours, were absolutely glued to everything he was talking about. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody is teaching you something that you thought you knew about, but when you heard it from them, it was like an aha, like you could not get enough. You wanted to know more and you just didn't want the lesson to end. I think that's where these guys were. Yeah, I have been in that situation in a class. I've been in that situation with a book that I was reading that, you know, shifted my paradigm and and I didn't want it to end and just yesterday my daughter had come home uh, from her class she's taking anthropology class which she did not expect to like but she loves it because of the teacher the teacher makes it fascinating and interesting and uh, my daughter said you know this class is one hour a week three three days a week Um, she's like 50 minutes is not long enough mom when the class is over I want to go another half hour and I was like, can I push record on that and play that, that <laughs> sentence back to you? But it was all, you know, it's because that teacher was so fantastic. So sometimes, yes, the, fe- the teacher is fantastic. And sometimes the content is so mind-blowing and helpful. And I think in these guys' case, these two men on the road to Emmaus, they had both. They had the best teacher, the greatest teacher. Um, who knew everything, the foundation of all wisdom. And um, yeah, he was explaining to them what they had failed to grasp. You know, a lot of times I was in a Sunday school class a few weeks ago 
and we had a substitute teacher, and I love, love, love my Sunday school teacher. Uh, he's just so gifted. And so when we walked in and we saw this guy who was going to be replacing him for the day, I, I, I got to be honest, I was going, oh, I've never heard this guy before, and I hope, I hope you know, it's as good as what we're accustomed to. Well, he peeled back so many layers from a sweet little passage in the Bible that I thought I knew. And all of a sudden, he just blew my mind with a different way of thinking about that. And I think that that had to be what happened with these guys on the road to Emmaus. Have you ever thought, man, it would be so great to meet Jesus face to face and have him explain to me how he exists in the biblical text from Moses and the prophets and all the scriptures. I mean, wow. Wouldn't we be totally different? Wouldn't we live our life totally different if we had that experience? So here we are every time we have that chance to say, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see what you need me to see today we could have those take your breath away moments too, but I feel like instead of a GPS, like going step by step through things to help us understand, I think we get on a roundabout. I was behind an elderly lady the other day and I just wanted to, I wanted to get out and help her so bad. First of all, she didn't even want to get into the roundabout. She sat there watching the cars go round and round and she just could not push her nose. I was like three people back from her. She could not push the nose of her car out into the roundabout because she was not sure when it was her turn. And then once she got on the roundabout, she kept going around and around and around. And I was like, oh, bless her heart. I need." She I- took it literally. <laughs> yeah. I want- it's a roundabout. This is what we do. I wanted to get out and stop traffic so she could go on to her destination. And I think that's how we oftentimes live our life. We kind of get stuck in our comfort zone. We get stuck in our going to church and knowing what we know and never learning more, never allowing God to open the scripture for us. I mean, when the guys were walking on the road to Emmaus, they were bummed. They were upset. And Rachel, you and I, and the and the gals that are sitting around the table with us, we've all had those bummed moments when life just didn't go the way we thought they should go. And those are the times when God says, hey, pull up a chair. I want to open up some scripture for you, and I want you to see it differently. And we have that chance to take off down that road with him, go on that GPS tour of the scripture. And yet we sometimes go, no, I'm going to just open up my familiar verses, my familiar passages, lean not on my own understanding. You know, this is the way walk in it. I get stuck going back to my go-to verses. And sometimes when life is so upside down, God says, hey, how about we look at this a little differently? Let me take you on a new path through the scripture, because I'm going to blow your mind right now. Well, my mind is still blown with your roundabout example. 
because I'm like that lady. I get stuck in two places. I get stuck on the edge of the roundabout, on the edge of life, if you will, you know, not not willing to push myself out there. I am staying stuck and complacent sometimes. And then sometimes when I do get out there, I get stuck in the roundabout and I, I just, I'm chasing my tail and I, I don't exit and move forward. In other words, I'm not, tra I'm moving, but I'm not traveling forward. So yeah, and the, you know, the two disciples, when they walked to, to Emmaus with Jesus, they got there and said, hey, will you stay and have dinner with us? Jesus breaks the bread. Um, instantly, you know, they, they suddenly recognize him and then he vanishes. And then it says in the scripture that immediately that, that very hour, they up and went back to Jerusalem to go find other disciples and tell them about what had happened. So yeah, they, they walked that seven miles. They were going to Emmaus for some reason. Um, but they were on a roundabout and didn't know it because as soon as they got to Emmaus, they flipped right back around and went back to Jerusalem where they met up with the other disciples and then Jesus appeared to them all again. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what Jesus shared with them and that experience that they had in that moment when they, when they just stopped talking, because up to that point, they had been the ones kind of sharing because Jesus said, hey, tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what you're talking about. And he allowed them to start talking. But once they stopped and he started sharing, that's when all of a sudden they couldn't get enough. For two and a half hours, they couldn't get enough. And then when they have the time of breaking bread with them and their eyes are opened, it had to be like, I've got to go tell my friends what just happened. Because up to this point, Rachel, they had just heard other people's stories. I mean, think about it. When they were telling Jesus, they said, well, the women said that they went and the tomb was empty. And some other guys went and they said, yeah, it's really empty. So they're like saying it with the tongue in cheek, like, yeah, I guess it could be real, but I don't know. I'm still kind of downcast about the whole thing. But now, now they're like, this happened to me. And, and now I've got to confirm it. I've got to tell others that, hey, the stories you've been hearing are right. Because this is what happened on our road. And look at what happened. Look at what happened. They decided not to keep going to Emmaus, but to allow God to take them on a detour to go back and tell their story. And when they told their story, it just solidified everything else. And now their story is one that we hear over and over and over throughout time because they didn't just keep it to themselves. Rachel, you know, Encouragement Cafe this year, our theme has been my story, his story. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us has those moments with God when he takes our breath away and he tells us and shines something through us that only we can retell. I mean, anybody else that would have told that story about the road to Emmaus, anybody else but those two guys going back and sharing it with the disciples and all the other believers it would have been just hearsay. 
it would have been like the the gals who told about the the tomb and the stone being rolled away. But it was real. It was real to them. And with everybody telling their stories about what God did in their life, amazing things happened. The church caught fire. You know, I think about why Jesus did you, why did you allow them to not recognize you until that very end and then you know, poof, you're gone once they did. Jesus must have known that there would be some reaction in them had they known who they were walking with that would have prevented him from teaching them what they needed to learn. Mm. So it may be that there are circumstances in our lives when it feels like God is not there or it feels like God is silent. Um, But we know scripturally Uh, He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. The Holy Spirit dwells within believers, and we always have access to him, and he is always listening. But sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And so perhaps when I look at the story in Emmaus, when I encounter those moments in my life, perhaps whatever it is I'm going to need to learn, I'm not going to learn uh, any other way. You know, that makes me think of a story that just happened recently with Hurricane Harvey. You know that our radio station group works with God's Pit Crew. God's Pit Crew is an organization that I love. I've worked with them for many, many years. And they are the real deal. They rush into disaster when other people um, rush out. You know, they, they go where the crisis is, whether it's a tornado or a flood or a fire. And I knew that when Hurricane Harvey was hitting Texas that the guys would be loading up the semis and taking off. And and my husband and I actually saw them on the road. We passed them on Highway 40. And I, I contacted Randy and said, hey, saw the trucks. Glad to see you going to Texas. Let us know what we can do. And we, we had a day of broadcasting about God's pit crew going to the rescue but here's the cool thing that happened. One, just one story that came out of that. There was a church in Texas who had flooding all around them. And the people were contacting them saying, can you help us? Can you help us? Can you help us? Well, they were, they were blocked off from getting any aid from anyone. And they were praying, God, we want to help but we don't know what to do. I mean, this is so overwhelming and we don't know how to help the people even in our neighborhood. We don't know how to help them other than to open the doors. But once we open the doors, we don't know how to give them what they need. And then they got a call from God's pit crew and they said, hey, we have two semi loads of supplies. Could you use them to give out and help people? And the, the folks in that church just burst into tears saying, God heard our plea. God, you showed up. And we were, we were desperate. And we didn't know how this was ever going to happen. But you, God, you already put everything in place. You, God, you went before us and you loaded those semis and you put it on the hearts of the people there to take off across the country from Virginia all the way to Texas 
to show up at just the right moment. Rachel, God does that. He's in that business. He didn't just do it for the guys on the road to Emmaus. He does it every single day. He shows up in our lives on purpose all the time. And you're right. Sometimes in our worst moments, our most desperate times, we may be saying, God, I don't hear you. I don't see you. And he says, but you will. Hey, friends, this week, I'm going to encourage you to open your eyes and look around and say, Lord, walk me through your word. Teach me something new. Open my heart so that I can turn around and tell your good news. I can shout it from the rooftops and say, look what my God has done. I think if we all do that this week, this nation will catch fire. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.